At one point, Alex said, if you buy one more dress, we're not getting married. <laughs> there was also, well, there at was least, also no Well, at least if you sold one, as long as the net number of dresses stayed at three, I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right the net dresses <laughs> uh, my name's alex my name's alina <laughs> and my name is sasha and this is the sasha photography podcast so welcome i'm very excited I've got, as you heard, Alina and Alex here in the studio. I photographed their wedding. It was September 3rd, 2016. They got married at Temple Emmanuel, the big synagogue here on Lake Street in San Francisco. We had an awesome wedding day. It was full of creativity and surprises, and I love having them here in the studio to talk about what that felt like from their perspective to talk about their lives since the wedding and um, you know we'll see what happens we might even get pretty personal depending on uh, what they want to tell me Uh, so uh, stick around and I don't know if you know all the stuff that went wrong behind the scenes and two the feedback we got when you posted some of the shots on Facebook and we showed to our family like some of the previews on the second day were just like mind blown, eyes pop- popping out of their head. Wow. Yeah, people are really stuff amazed. From the bar, people like, this was your wedding? Like, how did you even, where'd you even find the location? How'd you get the location? How'd you get this color? Yeah, it was very different than the kinds of traditional wedding photos that I think yeah. people are used to seeing. And I think that really captured people's attention. Well, I mean, a big part of it is what you guys brought to the table, right? Because you came up with the style. We collaborated on the itinerary together. Uh, You handled a lot of the logistics. I think that's whenever I talk to couples about uh, what makes for a successful wedding day or what makes for a successful shoot, a big part of that is uh, planning and, and putting things together. And I think I recall that you guys had a pretty detailed spreadsheet thing going on, uh, I, weren't you a project manager at some point? You were a project manager during the wedding planning? I've been a project manager for the past six years. Okay. So. Everybody who's listening to this, uh, get yourself a project manager <laughs> as a fiancé. Um, but it's it's true. Like It makes a big difference to have everything really organized. And you guys got the uh, bus instead of the stretch limo, which was huge, you know, to be able to load and unload people. Like, all those things, and of course, not to mention all the outfits and the color of the red dresses, which were killer, uh, renting out the bar, I mean, everything, you know, we planned it. We, we truly put a lot of effort into the pre-planning, so the day of, there was a structure, uh, and we could play, and, and that's, I think, what contributed to it being really successful. Also, I don't know if this is slightly jumping to a different topic, but initially, I don't know if you recall, but I really was against an engagement of photos, because personally, I was like, it's a waste of money, I don't need it, like... Alex and I have pictures. It's not a memorable, uh, like a great day that we have to capture, right? However, because we end up taking them, we understand, we like having a look at them. We're like, okay, this is what, what, what we want. This is what we don't want. And that's why we were able to go into the day giving you like a very specific set of like, we, we want colors to pop. We want it to be sexy. We want architecture. So I think that's also why like the way we were able to plan it was because we end up actually doing those shots. Yeah. So I think that's why then we're like, yes, we got what we wanted, check. 
Whereas initially I know I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. Waste right. my money. Or... Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think a lot of people have come to understand that, you know, that the value of an engagement shoot is it goes beyond just having really cool photos to show your friends afterwards or like for your save the dates, but it gives you a chance to really collaborate with your photographer before the wedding day. So you get a feel for, oh, what's it like to be in front of his camera? How does he work? Um, and uh, I think that that's that is a huge part of it. And uh, I'm glad that we did it, and I'm I'm glad that we got the feedback. I also remember like our engagement shoot was was a little bit difficult because it was I think in the like dead of winter and it yeah, was super raining. cold <laughs> and raining. There's like no light. There's the no whole, light the whole day. Yeah, we did it, and so we did it at night. We did it. I think I don't remember where we initially. City planned. Hall. Where, oh, where did we, we initially we think of doing it? We planned to do it at the. But Patrol Patrol Hill, Hill, like with with views and stuff, but it was like super cold and rainy and nasty. So we did City Hall, which was cool because actually I don't do a lot of engagement shoots at City Hall. I also do weddings there, Uh, so it was fun to do do something different. And again, you guys brought like the fun outfits and everything. So I think we might have gotten a little over the top there. I think it was good. (laughs) I mean, it's all you know. You build it from kind of from scratch, right? You you learn as you go. Well, I'm curious to know, and and we're probably going to jump all over the place here, but I'm curious to know. Uh, you mentioned that there were some things that went wrong behind the scenes. And I, I love that stuff. Uh, sometimes I see it. I love the behind the scenes stuff. But obviously, I can't be everywhere all the time. And uh, you guys tell me, if you if you want to spill the beans, tell me all the stuff that uh, you think went wrong. I mean, you, you want to talk about your pants? <laughs> sure. Uh, we should t- tell about uh, my uncle. So we, there's a whole set of stories about, um, so I have this like, sort of uncle or second uncle or something like this who lives in moscow and he's like a relative like one of my dad's cousins or something anyway uh so he he's like 70 something years old he doesn't speak any english he he's but he's very like lively and um you know we sent him an invite but initially he was saying how he doesn't think he can go for various reasons and literally a week before the wedding he tells my dad you know i'm buying plane tickets uh to come to this wedding and, and he actually thought the wedding was in Philadelphia, even though we sent we specifically made a Russian language website to send him. For, for him um, anyway, and so, so he almost bought tickets to the wrong city. My, so my dad talked to him. They figured it out. He, he got tickets to San Francisco. And so it's like the day before the wedding. And we're going to pick him up at the airport. And we told him, like, you know, uh, like, here's here's the address uh, of where we're staying, here's phone numbers. He had like a cell phone with him that we can contact him at. And so my dad and I get there, we're waiting for literally three hours. We keep calling him, we can't reach him, have no idea where he is. We're uh, Eventually it's like 10 o'clock in the evening and he was supposed to land hours ago. So we're like, okay, well, we have to go home. I mean, there's nothing else we can do. And we're driving home and my dad's panicking and we're thinking about all the possible things that could have gone wrong. Like where could this guy be? And we get a call from Alina and it turns out that when he got to the airport and he didn't see us, he decided to just make his way to our house and somehow with barely speaking any English made it, managed to get to our apartment, convince our landlord to let him into the apartment who usually doesn't let anyone into the house. May I clarify? Yeah. Without any English, he got a super sh- shuttle to give him a discount to drive him to our apartment, found our neighbor, who somehow has some Russian friend that she called that translated his <laughs> situation to our landlord, who then let him into our apartment. All this happened while Alex was at the airport. And this guy doesn't <laughs> speak any English. And our landlord is so s- strict. She doesn't even like to let our own like 
friends into the building. Yeah. So we come home and he's just taking a nap on our couch, just like super chill. He's like, hey guys, where you been? And he's like, you know, your dad just doesn't give very good directions. <laughs> this is the backstory. Now, now, Japan. Um, and then the other story. Well, yeah, that's the backstory for. There's actually more stories related to this guy. <laughs> um, and the pants thing. Yeah. So when I we had this like tuxedo rentals and uh, you know I did my measurements and I sent them in and so they sent me a suit. But before they sent it to me, they told me they actually recommend that I get a different, a shorter size pants because their pants tend to run long. So I said, okay, you know, they seem like they should know what they're talking about. Um, but turns out the pants they sent me were actually incredibly short, like somewhere between shorts and capris. Um, so obviously I had to like have them send me a new pair. But on the day of the wedding, I accidentally took the short pair with me and I didn't realize it until about 30 minutes before the photo shoot. So, and I was getting ready with my, uh, one of my groomsmen at his house where they were staying, like an Airbnb. And so he had to get his girlfriend to to run to our house with my keys, um, get to the house and find the pants. And meanwhile, yeah, uh, my uncle was there trying to talk to her and get her to like show him how to play something on YouTube. And I'm like yelling in her other ear on the phone, like, just get the pants and go. You know, there's no time for this. Um, so it was a whole crazy adventure. I, and then, yeah, I mean, finally we get to the uh, apartment like super late went, uh, to take the start of the photo shoot. Um, the uncle wanted um, Alex's friend's girlfriend, uh, Anya, to basically teach him how to use YouTube because it's because he wanted to learn a specific Jewish dance to perform at the wedding on the dance floor. <laughs> and she was there for an hour. He wouldn't let her go. So Alex was panicking and texting me, the bride, which that was funny. He's like, I don't have anything to wear. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no pants. <laughs> I can't, we can't get married. I don't have any pants. Was this? Was I already there at the Airbnb while this was all going on? I think so. Yeah. I was getting my makeup done when like all the groomsmen are freaking out, and Alex is freaking out, and Alex's dad is freaking out because like this uncle doesn't have his suit, and uncle and Alex doesn't have his pants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My dad had a lot of anxiety. My mom was really chill, though, um, which I thought would be the other way around. Alex's dad was so stressed out that one of my bridesmaids just literally took him by the elbow and was like, you know what, I think you should go for a, for a walk. I think this will do you a lot of good. And just literally push him out of the apartment. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. Uh, you, I guess everybody hit it well. See, I thought your, your dad looked fairly composed when I was photographing <laughs> him. He looked really good and he was like, I think, I think he calmed down eventually. I think that might have been post walk. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it's pretty incredible the stress that uh, like takes hold on a wedding day. And some of it is totally uh, contrived, I think. It just is uh, this uh, anxiety that, that um, is magnified and snowballed by all the people around you. So everybody else's anxiety is magnifying everybody else's anxiety and that, you know, if everybody just took a, a deep collective breath for a second. Like, I, I actually think of a, sometimes I, I see a group of, like, family members, whether it's a fairly intimate wedding or whether it's a, a big wedding like yours. I see a group of family members and I, I almost imagine, like, uh, the map of... Um, uh, Europe before World War One, where they all had these like alliances and all the, you know alliances triggered all these countries to declare war on each other. Like that's people's stress level, oh you know, my God. just like magnifying. Uh, so that's totally true. It's, it's also really fun because I think everybody like 
like good intentions. I think it's always good intentions. And then people start being like, well, they they were supposed to do X and they didn't. And the other person supposed to do Y. And they start like almost like putting pressure on each other. Yeah. Like, like everybody has the right intentions. Everybody just wants to make the couple happy. But but you're right. This yeah. Stretch just yeah. Fun. Yeah. Like one person get, you know, I've, I've seen it before where it's like uh, a maid of honor or a bridesmaid who is uh, in charge of the flowers, you know. And she's like, should I give you the flowers now? Should I should I wait? Like, should I keep them in the vase? Should I give? Like, yeah, should I hi- give them to you now? Should I give them? And then she will like hand it to the flowers <laughs> to the bride, and the flowers are dripping water from the vase. Oh my god, the flowers are dripping water! Like, oh my god, the flowers are dripping water! And like, somebody have a napkin? Does somebody have a napkin? And like, wipe it down. And then she like looks down at the dress. She's like, oh my god, there's like drops of water in the dress, and like starts <laughs> scrubbing like the dress, you know. And it just like yeah. snow. And it was like none of that was necessary, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then and then she goes like, and then after all that happens, I actually had one moment like this where I was like setting up a photo and she did there's a i think a bridesmaid that was doing the whole thing with the flowers and my photo was like not supposed to have flowers in it it was about i was doing something else and she did this whole thing with the flowers and it turned into this whole like five minute thing and after all of it happened i was like actually we don't need the flowers (laughs) (laughs) so um okay so you had your uncle your your uncle from russia uh and then uh, that was one he like was the wrench in the (laughs) <laughs> like he's the sweetest sweetest like kindest like so funny a wonderful wonderful person it's just so funny how things just kept going wrong <laughs> funny story from us he went to go visit relatives in LA and yeah. about an hour or two after he was supposed to land Alex's dad gets a call did this uncle get on the plane we can't find him <laughs> and we were like oh god I think he again. fell asleep in the airport after the really long weekend of fun He's like a like a one man comedy of errors. Seriously, like if, if he had a sidekick, like he could easily turn into a, f- a film. Uh, <laughs> I think wow. so. Wow. Yeah. So you had him. Uh, what else uh, took you by surprise, or what else on the day was just like, oh my god, my hair's on fire? Um, well, my my mom's hair was almost on fire. Like literally. <laughs> there was there there was a minor issue with um, the woman doing my mom's hair, but it's okay. Everything worked out. Okay. Um, so yes. Uh, we also didn't realize, I guess, like the makeup person. I guess you're supposed to tell your makeup person if you want red lips, because apparently that adds 15 minutes to each girl's makeup routine. Oh, how I don't, interesting! I, I don't even know how it's possible to do lips for uh, 15 minutes, but apparently that's a thing. So our makeup person, when she came and found out it was red, bright lips, had like a meltdown. And she's awesome. She's her makeup is phenomenal, and she's a prof- professional. She's like, how could you not tell me? I was like, I don't know. How should I know? Yeah, I mean, it um, seems like it's kind of her job to educate you about that beforehand. Um, I think maybe I hired her last a minute, so, I, so actually I'll, I'll take it on me. I don't think it was her because she did a phenomenal job. Everybody looked gorgeous. I, I agree, yeah. She, I mean, and I was there for the before and afters yeah. also for, for a lot of the people, and yeah. it was incredible. Yeah, uh, she, she knows what she's doing. Yeah. But that's why we were a little bit behind Sure. <laughs> actually, yeah, and and again, it's one of those things that it seemed like it was a big deal, but it actually worked out for the most part because we got a chance to really do a lot of individual photos of the mm-hmm. people in the wedding party, which was really cool. And even though, um, you know, it set us back a little bit in our photo shoot, again, we had planned for the photo shoot to be long and we, you know, mm-hmm. set up a bunch of different locations and we said, all right, you know, if something goes behind schedule, we just cut one spot. And that's exactly what happens, exactly what we did, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. So it, did she, is it like she has to have a specific 
ingredient to create red lips that she didn't bring with her because I have no idea. I okay. honestly she just was I like, oh my god, how could you do this to me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually found that she was really awesome and she didn't say anything to me. Um, I found out from one of the bridesmaids after. So yeah, the makeup person was super professional with me. She was like, We're, we got it. It's gonna be fine. Don't you worry. But I guess she was like chatting with one of the bridesmaids. Yeah. Who then told me after. Oh. Yeah, well, everybody looked really good, so, yeah. Okay, so there was that. I, I know there was other stuff I don't remember, but I remember just, like, people kept coming up to me and be like, well, how how do I handle this? Right. I was like, yeah. I was like honestly, <laughs> I don't care. Nobody asked me anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I had a moment uh, at a wedding in August. Actually, so just before yours, uh, about a month before that, there was a wedding huge wedding like 350 people or something and the bride and the groom were super uh like micromanagey about everything they like really had a creative vision they really had like strong opinions about what they wanted they had a venue where you kind of had to like there was nothing really there you had really had to like bring it all in and um and they and they really like worked hard to put it all together but at a certain point there were so many questions like you said like so many questions that were people constantly coming up to the right and they had not just one but two like a team they had like two wedding planners who were there on site getting it ready um and still there were so many questions to the bride and literally at a certain point i was standing next to her and somebody came up and asked her a question and she said okay i don't want to make any more decisions i'm done that's it <laughs> and i thought well that's such a great thing you know it's like de declaring wedding bankruptcy you know you're yeah. just like i'm done so um take me back to to like maybe how you felt at the very start of the day like before everything began because you had already done a lot of the planning uh and then you did you did you sleep before the wedding day no i i think we slept maybe a little bit but so we also i know like traditionally like girls stay with their mom or their girlfriend you know like separate from from the a fiance but we had been so busy and we had so much family visiting we had family yeah. fly, flying in from all over the world basically like hadn't had any time alone so we decided to say like screw it like we want to just spend the night together to kind of like i don't know, like reconnect a little because it was such a chaos that we yeah. actually stayed together and we just like talked a lot i feel like yeah um we wrote our vows trying to remember what happened exactly in the morning Did, oh i went to felix's apartment i kicked you out on Saturday. yeah yeah i just i for a minute i thought did i ever go back to our apartment but i don't think i did for that till like you know we came home that night so you stayed yeah. together in the same was it at that airbnb mm -hmm. okay yeah, yeah. And my, you... my parents rented a separate like place for the night just to give us some space which right. was really nice of them like totally not necessary okay and so you didn't you sort of slept you didn't really sleep did you feel like you were rested the morning of the wedding oh i felt like a zombie i, I was kind of tired yeah i i couldn't sleep i don't know like i wasn't nervous because of just like emotions going through through your head and also me being a planner i had like a check checklist going through my head and i kept thinking like what did i not check off yeah i remember we finished our writing our wedding vows the night before that was like we had like a whole list of things to do and we didn't even finish until like the day before, you know the very last night was the last thing we checked off was the wedding vows but i actually remember doing them together like trying to not look at each other's laptops yeah that that night that was nice actually 
And then we just got to like hang out and talk. Yeah. And fall asleep, yeah. I was actually really nervous before the first look because everybody was there. And I had intended for it to be more private, but like in the chaos of the moment, I just forgot. We were also so awkward. To organize that. And if, yeah, it was funny. Like it was so unnatural because everybody was just like watching with us and like 15 cameras pointed at us. (laughs) Only, only two of them were mine. True. So, yeah. And actually, my my uh, I don't, you probably don't remember because you probably didn't see, but I, I told uh, my assistant to go and shoot the first look from like behind kind of a closed door to oh, like remove those. one camera from the because it was a small room. Because yeah. what ended up happening is like remember we're running behind schedule, yeah. and we're like well, we definitely want to do the first look, and so we arranged you guys standing back to back, I think with your eyes closed, and then yeah. you turned around. So it was a little bit like kind of a ad hoc on the fly first look yeah. but it worked and I, I told my assistant like there's just too much going on in this room like let's take so he went into a separate space for that other adjacent room and he was photographing from there which was nice because it was like it got rid of one camera you know the yeah the, the pictures look nice because it also in, in front of that really big gorgeous art deco window right with lots of light but I remember feeling like everybody's staring at me right yeah, especially when you're standing there, like, with your eyes closed just before you yeah. turn around. Yeah. But again, that's part, you know, maybe that's part of the excitement. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> um, I think I was just kind of antsy to, like, get the day started, especially because by that point, it had been, like, two or three hours where we were just, all the boys were, like, locked in a room and we couldn't leave. <laughs> and I was getting a little an- antsy. Uh, maybe you had a different experience since was, you had, like, at least three rooms to I yourself. Was Hope that's not what actual marriage feels like. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, actual marriage is much less stressful. Um, I remember being really excited to finally like have Alex be part of the day, because before, like, and I mean, I had a great time with like my best <laughs> friends were there. My mom was there. My friends fl- flew in from Seattle, New York, everywhere. But it was like nice to finally have like Alex be a be a part of it. Okay, so we had the first look, and uh, then off we went on our creative shoot. Uh, tell me what your guys' experience was like. We had a blast. Oh, like, sorry, I shouldn't say we. I had a blast. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was cool because it was so different than like any other wedding photos I've seen. And it was kind of awesome to walk down Clarion Alley and have a bunch of strangers just being like, wow, I can't believe I'm in the middle of this wedding party or seeing this wedding party. Um, and I kind of liked that we could show our bridal party, you know, that we came up with something fun and unique for the day uh, that they could be a part of. I think they also had a ton of fun because they they were like, they were, they're basically like, oh, this isn't cheesy. That's cool. Yeah. So we got to take photos next to the like, iconic San Francisco graffiti. We got to go to a really, really cool 1920s, like our Art Deco pro- Prohibition style bar. Um, they were all goofing off with with you know, like the old alcohol bo- bottles with the old bar chairs with the like the uh, guys were pop- popping their collars the girls felt like super sexy in their dresses with the you know a slit that basically probably was a little too in- inappropriate but that's fine they look great um, I thought the slit was appropriate <laughs> that was great I mean, I think the the outfits and your guys' sense of style, uh, especially the red dresses and the red lipstick, like that makes the the whole thing. I mean, the reactions that you said you got from people to the photos, um, obviously there have been like 
hundreds and hundreds of uh, couples and potential couples that have seen those pictures and especially like some of the most iconic ones of like you and the girl sitting on the bar mm-hmm. uh, people are like what well, was this like a real wedding or was this like a f- like a staged shoot or like what you know people <laughs> people uh, didn't believe that it was a real wedding yeah i think people couldn't believe uh because everything was just so like on point you know it was so coordinated it almost didn't feel real <laughs> Uh, but obviously the, the, the bar, the posing, the lighting, the outfits, the lipstick, like it was all part of... It all came together yeah. so well. Yeah. Um, a bunch of my friends, out, I don't know if you noticed, but I think six out of the seven bridesmaids made their personal shots, their a Facebook profile pic, <laughs> like the next day, like the second day. What got, about the seventh? Got those pictures. The second one, I think, is not on Facebook. I mean, sorry, the a seventh one's not on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like the greatest compliment a photographer can receive, right? In today's world, somebody makes their photo, their that's profile. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. And and I, you know, I can always feel as a photographer when I take photos and I'm really proud of them. Um, I think then I'm not really surprised that that, that happens. So that's, that's terrific. Um, well, then in, maybe instead of like walking chronologically through the day, maybe you guys can just sort of scattershot and think about your day in general and some of the moments positive or challenging that stood out to you or that like really really got seared into your memory of the actual wedding day yeah of the day itself any moment doesn't matter um i think probably for me was uh when we walked in the very first time to see everybody uh and they sat us down at that table to do the tish which is basically like this event that our rabbi set up where like everybody was literally in the same tiny room and we were in the middle of like sitting down at the table and he kind of had everybody like really come in really close and it really set the tone for people just being present uh for that day he gave a really cool really short speech but about how like couple a couple enters into marriage not by themselves but with their family with their friends with the community that they've built around them and that community basically helps to carry them through their relationship like the ups and downs of of life and it felt really cool having done that mini ceremony before the actual one because i felt when we actually went went into the real one everybody was already in like this mental state of we're here for alex and alina and like i think people were kind of reflecting on the like the why they they were there like the individual relationships that we had with every single guest Mm. it felt really nice it felt like we had a true connection to all of our guests we didn't feel removed from them and i think that then carried through the rest of of the night yeah and i remember that the rabbi because that room i think it's is it called the martin meyer room i think so yeah um that room was just kind of full of people and they were all milling around and at a wedding generally what happens is people don't really know what they're supposed to do so they wait for somebody to cue them and tell them what comes next, right? They're like, oh, the ceremony's over, you know, what comes next? Oh, the this is over, what happens now? And so this was one of those moments where people were kind of milling in that room. They knew generally there's supposed to be a ketubah signing, but they didn't really know what they were supposed to do. And I think the rabbi, and what, I mean, what was your rabbi's name? Ryan Bauer. Rabbi Bauer. Okay, so I think Rabbi Bauer uh, saw that people were just sort of disorganized and he kind of well he has a very commanding presence Mm -hmm. and he really just sort of said to everybody 
guys, I want you to like come in close. And he, he brought everybody in. There were a lot of people who were in the back, you know, the back row people. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, no, guys, like everybody come on in close. And so all of that happened before you guys entered. Uh, and in fact, people were so close that we bar- we ran out of space, like as photographers and, and videographers, <laughs> Andy too, uh, you know, just we were like down in the front. We we're trying to find a, a, an angle, you know, because everybody came in so close to where you were supposed to be. Um, but that closeness really made a huge difference. Yeah, I think so too. I wish we could have actually been there for the part before we were there and, <laughs> and see like people's kind of reactions yeah. and what the, how they were like anticipating because no one really knew what was going to happen. And a lot of people told us afterwards that that like made a really strong impression on them and, and kind of changed the tone of the night. Interesting. Or set the tone for the night. It sounds like in general you guys got a lot of feedback from your guests about your wedding various parts of your day yeah so your guests had some some strong recollections or some strong impressions of what yeah. happened as well which is cool because we actually didn't ask because we were like honestly we'd rather not know if something went went wrong yeah. i was gonna pretend like it was a perfect you know a night but people just offered their like really sweet really, <laughs> positive feedback really warm positive feedback that's great yeah yeah it was it was a good uh group you know i mean it definitely felt like a, a very connected uh i think you do your families know each other pretty well and are, are fairly connected to each other some some well i mean they live on different coasts yeah They've met multiple times but okay. they get along really well yeah i mean it felt like one like all of your wedding guests felt like one cohesive yeah. unit you know it didn't feel like there were like these two sides that like, yeah, tried to true. come together yeah. throughout the day it felt like everything just sort of like was already clicked into place it's funny because some <laughs> one of our close couple friends they just moved to the east coast and now they're like best friends with one of my groomsmen and his his uh, fiance and they hang out like all the time now they had never met before this they met at, at yeah the and now they're just always hanging out which is yeah. awesome what was the one piece of advice that somebody gave you before your wedding day that you thought was just like a really amazing advice after you lived your day, uh, whether or not you followed it. And then the follow-up question would be, what was the one piece of advice that somebody gave you with that you either wish you hadn't followed or you realized was just like not very good guidance? I, uh, did you have one or? Go for it. Uh, I think for me, the one thing that like really stood out is uh, a day or two before our wedding, we hung out with a friend of mine and his, his wife who had just flown in from Philadelphia. And uh, they both told, and they had just gotten married like a few months before us. And they told us basically, you know, really take in the moments from the day because it'll feel like it went by in a split second. And, you know, you think like 12 hours or however many hours will go by pretty slowly, but it totally was spot on. I mean... I, the whole even now the whole day just feels like a blur i mean i have to really sit down and think about all the things that happened to realize how much we really packed in that day but at the time it just felt like it felt so quick uh and i think that advice really helped me stop and appreciate the little moments throughout the day i would to- totally ag- agree with that the one thing that one of my friends told me is that don't do things throughout the day that you think you have to do for other people being like, for for example, like going to take pictures with specific tables or, you know, making sure that like these friends are speaking with these friends and like you're not the hostess. It's your day. Just have fun. 
Okay. So those were the yeah. good pieces of advice. Yeah. Okay. What about the other part of it? And if, if nothing, then nothing. I don't, I don't know. think nothing because I think things that I thought weren't useful, I just like automatically put out of my mind. I was like, okay, not going to think about that. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. I did get a really cool piece of advice from my teammate at work about, so he gave this to me bef- before the wedding, but this is to use after. So he was like the, like the next day or two days after, start a doc um, or a journal, whatever, and write down the things that were really, really meaningful and things that just like really stick out in your mind, like this small moments, the looks, the f- feelings, whatnot, because it seems really fresh in your mind now. But a month from now, a year yeah. from, from from now, it, it won't be. Right. But if you like, can look back at this doc, right. like... Yeah, like when your photographer then asks you to participate <laughs> exactly. in a podcast and recount those moments, you'll have them handy in a document. Thank you, Google Docs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always curious to know this because I see... I remember how I felt on my own wedding day, and I also see couples from start to finish on their day, usually, and... I see how the energy level fluctuates and changes. Um, what do you think, like throughout the day, did you feel like you were you were fully running on adrenaline the entire time or did you feel like you needed moments to just like sit down and rest? Did you feel like it just all, like Alex, you said, like went by in a total blur? Uh, how did you feel like energy-wise throughout the day? I think the hardest part was doing the family photos because we were starving and dehydrated and so and also very tired and at that moment i remember feeling like how am i going to get through the next eight hours it's only just starting now and i can barely function but i think it helped after because we had we had like a good like 30 minutes to just sit after that and people brought us some food which is mom was really sweet and somewhere found found me water and and a straw so that i I wouldn't mess up my (laughs) lipstick yeah Okay, yeah, and I that's probably partially my fault, too. Like, I should have known or should have figured out, like, that you guys hadn't eaten or that you needed no, no, sustenance. No, I mean, I'm really I glad mean, we, we did everything. We yeah, I mean, it was yeah. super important to get to get those photos. I mean, yeah. those were, like, all the photos that our family wanted. Like, our, not, like, our close family, but, like, the extended relatives who came to visit. You know, they all wanted to see that photo of them with us. Yeah, of course. To share that. I do have to say at one o'clock in the morning when, when the wedding was over, I looked down and I realized I was like, oh my God, I'm still in my four inch heels. <laughs> like I, the day flew by so fast that I didn't oh, realize that was in those from like noon. I wasn't as tired by the end of the night. I think I, I kind of like had a second wind somewhere around like 10 or 11. I had a lull when um, right before we were going to walk down, down the aisle and I think you had walked away with Rabbi ba- Bauer and I remember I wanted a minute with, with my mom because I felt like, granted, I've been living by myself since I was 18 and like independent and working and everything. Um, but I felt like I wanted like to feel like a kid for, for a couple minutes. Yeah. Before I officially became an adult, I felt like. Um, I remember that's when I was like, I don't want to say my energy waned, but I had a moment of like calmness. Yeah. Before like getting that excitement back up. Yeah. And that was actually a really, really nice moment. I think also when our friends were giving the toast was also like a really upbeat sort of energizing time. And and emotional because I yeah. feel like those friends have been through all walks of life, like from at least I think for you yeah, also yeah. from childhood yeah. till now. So it felt like like they really know us. And yeah. Those were really like 
heartfelt and thoughtful and sweet and funny and of course they roasted us because you know that's them <laughs> um, <laughs> but like really like that was an awesome part of the night yeah and something i was really really, yeah. really uh, looking forward to and i'm really glad that it happened yeah and for those people that weren't at your wedding which is the majority of planet earth uh <laughs> your friends put on some insane toasts like with full-on costumes uh, rehearsed things and yeah. there were like gangster costumes and all kinds of they were like cross-dressing and <laughs> I mean it was it was incredible it was so funny story about that she had planned to take her brother's suit to wear and she forgot it some somewhere so somehow I don't, I don't know which men she un, undressed but she was wearing some someone's suit that was at at the wedding <laughs> I still don't don't know who was in the bathroom naked <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, the toast blew me away because I had no idea. You know, I didn't expect people to come, you know, one after the other. Like, I thought maybe some of our friends would have some toast, but not like everybody. Um, so I was really amazed. And it was cool because also they weren't Im- improvised. Yeah. Like, they were clearly so well thought, thought out. I actually found out that Sandy had locked herself in, in the bathroom at some point and wouldn't let anybody into the bathroom because she was practicing and there was like a line line in the mouth <laughs> out the door basically like bang, banging on it trying trying to get in that's awesome yeah it was <laughs> it was it was pretty impressive and it it's so inspiring when your community and your friends show you how much they care through the level of preparation yeah. and creativity that for they, sure yeah yeah it was really really cool uh, it's so funny uh, what you said about your shoes that you you w- looked down and you were still wearing your heels. Uh, I was just uh, just today actually photographing uh, earlier today, and uh, the bride had these like crazy uh, blinged out shoes that were just like out of this world. And um, my one question, of course, was like, are these shoes extremely uncomfortable? So I kept asking her. Uh, you know, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And like towards the end of the, of the shoot, I said, like, how are your feet doing? Are they doing okay? And she goes, actually, these shoes are surprisingly comfortable. And my, <laughs> my instant reaction was like, those are the five greatest words that I could hear from a bride on the wedding day. <laughs> actually, these, wait, no, these shoes are surprisingly comfortable. Because that, that's like, that means it must have been in some way that your shoes were you had broken them in or um i actually hadn't i forgot to and i was so i was like kind of wor- worried about that the night before i was like well my feet are gonna bleed that's fine it's worth it it's my <laughs> wedding day it's fine it's all gonna work out um <laughs> no i think i would just also like you're on such a high yeah that you don't realize it actually it's funny when the music turned turned off and they s- started take taking apart the dance floor and i sat down and i was like ow this it was only then it's crazy how at that moment it felt like everything just kind of like snapped back into reality almost i don't know if you had that experience i told her it kind of feels like you know sin cinderella yes that's exactly what i was just thinking yeah oh like the ball's over yeah back in real life it was such a drastic and fast like shift Mm -hmm. from party to like okay everything's back to normal yep then we went home, started cleaning up because our cousins and their seven-month-old <laughs> seven baby were staying with us and, like, taking all my pins out of my hair and then kind of... Oh, like, man, yeah. And then, like, okay, well, this this, this is real life now. <laughs> okay. 
So what's real life been like since the wedding? It's been really fun. Yeah, I think a lot less stressful. If there's one, yeah, there's one bit of advice I can give to any uh, engaged couples. It gets so much, there's so much relief, like maybe let's say like three days after the wedding because the first few days you're still in shock a little bit and then you realize like how much free time you have and how everything's just like calm and there's no pressure. Yeah. To caveat that, we were both working full-time planning a wedding and I was finishing my a master's. <laughs> so all of that was done at the same time. We were like, yeah. life. So we've planned so many like road trips and um, we've flown and we've traveled and we've had part parties and we've like gone out. It's just been like yeah. full life again. It's nice. Okay. So do you feel like anything has changed um, being married versus not being married? I think we... I'll speak for myself and you yeah. can obviously not not agree, but I feel like we continue to get closer. Yeah, like, I think so too. But I don't think that's because of the wedding. I think that just kind of naturally happened with our relationship yeah. over time. I would agree. I, can t- I think we continue. Like, I always think that, okay, well, this is like the base and this is where it's, where it's going to be and it's agreeable, yeah. but, but we've like reached that point of where we know each other really well. And yeah. it's really cool to continue to like discover new things and like, laugh yeah. to the point where you're like on like rolling on the floor and like I don't know it's it's really cool to feel like you're constantly getting closer and building a better a friendship and, and exploring new th- new things like within each other yeah that I just assumed like wouldn't there wouldn't be more of that afterwards yeah I, I totally feel the same way like it always feels like we're closer than we were in the past that sounds pretty good yeah. Sounds like you guys are doing all the right things. That was a high five for those of us that are not seeing it. Because <laughs> I think if you hear that sound just without the... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, no, I don't know. Like, I wonder, I, I'm curious to listen to it later. I'm like, well, I wonder what that sounds like. Um, that's awesome. There are not a lot of couples, by the way, that high five each other on a regular basis. Yeah, that's, that's like our thing. <laughs> Except I felt really awkward because I was playing with my ring and I had taken it off just before we high-fived, which I felt was wrong <laughs> during our podcast about our marriage. <laughs> what, um, <laughs> if, if you guys could go back in time, like step into a time machine and beam yourselves directly next to yourselves in the past just after you got engaged... Right. Well, first of all, I'll ask that again. So you, when tell tell me about how the engagement happened. Um, so, uh, so so Alina knew that you know we were. I was going to propose at some point, and we had talked about it and, and talked about like ideas for the ring. Sorry, can I say that? Well, I don't know if you want to Well, so, so we like kind of worked together to to design the ring, which I thought was cool because you know it's not like a gift I'm giving to her as much as like something we're building together you know and so um so that was kind of like a really special thing for us and anyway so so she didn't know when I was going to propose so I kind of kept hinting that it's going to happen on this trip to Hawaii that we were planning with some friends but I also planned the weekend uh the weekend before that uh to go to Placerville which is like this random little town in the Sierra Nevada foothills uh with like some wineries around there's not it's like a little village basically there's not much there um and 
yeah so we went to some play like a like kind of like live theater uh comedy show type thing and uh during the intermission in the parking lot i i proposed because i was carrying that ring around all day and i was so anxious that i i just didn't know when else to do it so i just had to do it like at some point um and uh i think that was very us like slightly awkward slightly romantic too i think but maybe you disagree <laughs> um i can see how it was slightly romantic because it was like in the middle of the woods under the stars however it was also in a parking lot just gonna <laughs> but under the stars <laughs> hey you said you wanted to be surprised alex also felt it would be really funny to fake proposed to me about a month before that we went on this gorgeous hike in um near mount tam where i f i i forget where we were and he gets down on one knee and goes hey alina just kidding well you told me you wanted it to be a surprise so i didn't want i wanted you to like you know not really know what's happening it was really funny <laughs> super funny well it's not like you had any doubt that i would propose by that point <laughs> Okay, for those of you listening, there was no high five that followed that exchange. <laughs> All right, so you proposed in a parking lot in Placerville, totally unexpected, totally low key, and that's that's you guys. Uh, okay, so if you could beam yourselves back from today back into that parking lot in Placerville and talk to your past selves, what would you tell your past selves? Don't buy three. A wedding dresses <laughs> would be my first piece of advice. Do you want to elaborate on that? Or? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I end up wearing the one that I wore at the wedding was the first one I ever tried on. And I was like, well, it fits great. But if the, the first one's awesome, the rest must be so much better. Um, so my friend convinced <laughs> me to buy a different one. Then I realized I didn't like it. Then I went and bought a second one which also a friend which is very strange because i have a very strong like personality like, i know exactly what i want so it's very surprised that was it that somebody was able to talk me into such a large purchase um which actually i'm also impressed the saleswoman was amazing she convinced me to buy a dress that was three sizes too small <laughs> on me which actually like you can make a dress smaller you can't really make a dress bigger so very impressive salesperson um, and after that, I realized, okay, I'm going to go back to the one that I actually loved, which was the first dress I ever <laughs> tried on. So if uh, anybody need, uh, needs a wedding dress, I have a small business now. <laughs> you have three, three wedding dresses that yes. you can rent. Rent, sell, you know, whatever. It's whatever. like a classic Goldilocks story. <laughs> the first one was too big. The second one was too small. <laughs> yeah. And... There are, I mean, there are places where you can sell, obviously, used wedding dresses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that would be an interesting story, you know. You might end up on a different podcast. Because <laughs> actually, there's a podcast called How I Built This. I don't know if you uh, listen to mm -hmm. a podcast. Um, it's basically, uh, they interview founders of companies. Uh, some from, like, tech, mm -hmm. the obvious tech companies, Airbnb and uh, Lyft and all that. Uh, oh, that's really some, cool, some from companies that go way back like the founder of atari and Chuck E. cheese which is Ooh. apparently the same guy huh. um and they interview them and uh, talk about their experience of what it was like to actually build this company which is now like you know a massive uh, multi-billion dollar whatever worldwide company and 
And a, a segment that they do at the end of the podcast is that they then just have like ordinary people or like founders to be basically call in and do a few words about like this business that they're working on now. So not people who are established, but just like people right now who are striving and trying to open their business. And there have been actually several people that talked about uh, wedding related things. Like there was a girl that talked about um, from her wedding, she realized there was, she was going to spend like $3,000 on flowers. And she thought that that was just ridiculous. And so she didn't want to do it. And so she was like, well, maybe there's a way, like my friend is getting married the following day or something. So maybe there's a way we can like split the flowers so the florist can you know, create the flowers for both of us and charge us half price or something like that. And then she decided she wanted to try to build a business that way that basically allows people who have back-to-back weddings to share floral arrangements. Oh, wow. You know? That's and really interesting. So essentially, like, the florist makes more money because they're making one floral arrangement for two couples. And, um, so, yeah, so things like that. There's, like, those epiphanies, like, you're yeah. talking about, oh, I have three wedding dresses. What do I do with them now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, at one point, Alex said, if you buy one more dress, we're not getting married. <laughs> There was also well, there at was least also no at least if you sold one, as long as the net number of dresses stayed at three, I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, the net dresses. <laughs> All right, so don't buy three wedding dresses. Anything else you'd tell yourselves, your parking lot selves? Um, the other, the other thing I think we realized was like, don't try and make. Okay, this will sound selfish, but there's a really good a reason to it. Don't try and make other people feel. Special special like by just just going out out of your way to give people honors or like something that you think will make some somebody else feel really happy on on your wedding day because no you're just going to stress them out and you think you're doing some something self uh, selfless and the other person will never say no i don't want to do this for you yes i would love to like you want me to like i don't know like paint the whole like building a different color sure i would love to do it yeah i mean there are basically like all these different instances where where we like tried to uh make people feel special and by giving them some kind of like task to do but all it did was like it stressed us out or it stressed the people out because they you know they're like oh my god i have to make this thing perfect now and then it stressed us out because then we're like you know why did we do this to ourselves (laughs) like Again, best intentions on both sides, but just unnecessary s- stress. Right. So like delegating things to friends to, like, to make them feel special is not necessarily the way to go. No. Because then they're like, oh my God, it's the one day that they care, you know. Yeah. So, supposedly, most important day in their lives. How, I can't, I mess this up. And people are just like freaking out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned the hard way. Yeah. All right. Any other time travel communications you can think of probably i think we should have we could have told ourselves to take it easy a little bit we stressed out about a lot of different aspects of the wedding that at the end of the day like all turned out fine and if we hadn't stressed out it wouldn't have turned out any worse um i disagree with that i what? think had i not program managed um the heck out of everything out of the <laughs> flowers and bridesmaids I mean sure down to the shoes the earrings the hairstyles but that's only one aspect I mean I feel like we're stressed about a lot of other things like the wedding cake I'm sure it would have been fine one way or another like whatever design we chose yeah 
Yeah, that's a that's a interesting way to look at it. Uh, I I read something really cool the other day. Um, it was an anecdote about this guy who I guess he's a recreational cyclist, or mm-hmm. either on it like he rides a mountain bike or he rides a road bike, um, and like bicycling is is his thing. So he's like constantly pushing himself and like really trying to get like hard workouts in, and so he's always like really pushing and like really pedaling and like going fast and like you know have to make it here like in under an hour you know so he goes and he like pedals super hard and he's all sweaty and like huffing and puffing and he does it in like 56 minutes or whatever and then one day he was like you know what i'm just gonna like i'm just not feeling it so i'm just gonna take it easy and he like slowed down a little bit and like enjoyed his bike ride more and like observed more and like had a little more like mental space to like figure things out and just sort of and he got to his destination and it was like 58 minutes you know so like he was just he was like oh my god I've you know I've been rushing unnecessarily um and pushing myself unnecessarily so yeah that's a good point so we actually felt something similar and because I had a grad school stuff like we were kind of rushed because we had obviously less time to do do all the wedding prep and we we kept saying like we wish I had more time to to actually enjoy this because we had fun picking out flowers together and Alex was which I thought was really cool was a part of like basically every single decision obviously not dresses and shoes and earrings but a part of every decision yeah. and we took dance classes which was super fun and goofy and like oh yeah that's true the teacher was hell, hell hilarious and made fun of us from head to toe about everything and like we actually really enjoyed the whole process and what, what I thought was cool is we did it all ourselves like we didn't let anybody else yeah for sure make decisions for us we didn't really care what anybody else wanted like this is our wedding it we felt like do it ourselves it felt like something we built personally and i think that actually made it so much better and a lot of people even pointed that out you know they people like could tell that we put a lot of energy and time into making that day like the way we wanted it to be yeah, like it was super us yeah yeah and your first dance was something else. I mean, you. I guess again to a little bit of backstory. You're a former ballroom dancer, right? I I did dance growing up, but I never did it on a competitive, like, you know, super high level. Right, but you were like one of those Russian kids in San Francisco that has like ballroom dancing in, in her blood. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So your first dance was was amazing, like amazingly choreographed, and you changed into a Thanks. different dress. Uh, I remember that very well. Yeah, there was a couple of photos from that first dance that I really liked too. Yeah, and you, like when you came out and you had this whole like pose, and there was one I think when you were dipping her at the end. That was yeah, really cool too. Yeah. Uh. Also, it was really impressive because Alex had never danced before, ever. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was a lot of dance sessions. Where I felt like I just wasn't making any progress during our practices, but it worked out. But then it turned out amazing. Yeah. See exactly my point. Didn't you stress? <laughs> How did you? Did you kind of help keep him motivated and and inspired to like persevere in the dance practice, or did you, Alex, do it yourself? Or I I think at times I got really like uh, frustrated about it, and Alina always kind of helped put things in perspective. I think what helped was that our teacher was um, someone that taught me dance growing growing up at at the local community center, and he's just like hilarious down to yeah has known me since i was like 10 11 years old so it felt like family and the guy just like 
you know, was laughing and making fun. Yeah, of us it was super chill. So it felt like a fun, relaxing activity to do after work versus like a class that we're doing. Yeah, that's true. I agree. With, I would agree with that. Yeah. Well, it was very well worth it because it really was an amazing thing. I think everybody was pretty blown away. Well, thank you. I've, I've seen a lot of choreographed dances, but it was, it was, there was, there was something there for sure. Cool. Um, were you guys before you had your wedding? Had you been wedding guests at another wedding? Uh, I think so. Well, together though, right? We went to one wedding. One uh, wedding together. Yeah. And a lot of weddings as individuals. Yes. Okay. And then since your wedding, have you been wedding guests at other weddings? Not yet, we but we have two, two this year. Okay. I, I was going to ask you what how your experience or how your outlook changed uh, but maybe you can anticipate a little bit and project and I think it'll be uh, it'll be nice I mean it'll be cool to watch someone like another couple experiencing what we experienced and being able to kind of say oh I know what they're feeling right now because we had gone through that you have such a kind answer mine is not as nice oh <laughs> um, well granted so it's our friends that are getting married so we're really excited like genuinely happy for them but also i feel like i loved our wedding so much that i feel like theirs will be absolutely amazing but like but mine was but not so as good, good. <laughs> mine was so good <laughs> but that's just because it was special it was with you and you know <laughs> that's kind of how people feel about their children i think ultimately is like oh everybody else's kids are so cute but like this is my child and they're, they're the best <laughs> uh, yeah no, that's true yeah it'll be i, I think one of the things that i noticed about people that i've seen at other people's weddings that either i photographed their wedding before um and something that i noticed myself as a wedding guest i very rarely get to be one but when i do get to be one um it, it's actually just really nice to be a wedding guest yeah because all you have to do is just drink and have a good time and that's your role like that's what you have to that's the role you have to play and if you do that then the couple will say, wow, everybody had such a great time at our wedding. That's, that's a really, really good I think point. We can, uh, I think we can handle that. That's a really good point. Um, I do remember because I purpose. I think we both were sober at our wedding. Like, obviously, we had some wine and stuff. But we, I, didn't we didn't even eat. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to remember everything from the yeah. day. I didn't want to be, you know, like, obviously, you know, drinking and dancing is super, super fun. But I wanted to be able to recall all the moments. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm that's really so I'm really excited to be at somebody else's wedding and just like drink and dance and have fun. Yeah. And not have to worry. <laughs> that's true. Although I'll be a groomsman, so I might have to worry a little. Oh well, I I can just drink and dance. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, now you'll have a sense of what that entails and how you can be an asset to your to your groom. Yeah, that's true. Make sure John has pants. <laughs> I'll bring him an extra pair. <laughs> I will also say uh, another moment that I, I thought was very memorable about your wedding. Um, if your future friends or future wedding people are going to be uh, wearing bow ties instead of ties or clip-on ties or no ties or whatever, mm-hmm. make sure that there's somebody in there that knows how to tie a, a oh, real yeah, bow tie. That was a huge source of stress that morning also. I was freaking out. We couldn't figure out how to tie the bow ties. Yeah. I got a, a Snapchat from Anya showing how Alex and his best man are s- sitting in their boxers on a YouTube 
trying to figure out how, how to tie their, <laughs> their bow ties and they're freaking out like we can't get dressed because we can't tie bow ties oh my and god she's just sitting there laughing <laughs> that's that's what i walked into is uh, i came a little bit early and uh i I think I walked into part of that scene of like people trying to figure out how to tie their bow ties. <laughs> and bow ties. maybe what, what I, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but there was a total serendipitous thing that happened that like, I couldn't believe it, you know, because two days before your wedding, I had another shoot and it was a small wedding uh, at San Francisco city hall. And it was just the bride and the groom. They had me meet them at their hotel and do some prep shots of them and then together we went to city hall and when we were at the hotel uh the guy was trying to tie a, a real bow tie and he couldn't do it you know and he was like looking at youtube videos and stuff and he could like and it was under time pressure obviously so he's like we got to get the city hall so finally he was like all right screw it we're just gonna try to do it there we just have we have to go to city hall we have to go so we get in the car, we drive to City Hall, we go through the like check-in process, and we have literally a few minutes before the check-in and then the ceremony. And in that span of time, between the bride and me and a YouTube video, we figure <laughs> out how to tie the bow tie, right? And this is two days before your wedding. And oh, it was yeah. like one of those things, you know, where you have, you have formative experiences that never leave you. When do they happen? They happen like under intense pressure, right? So that happened and it, like literally i walk into your wedding and everybody's like how do we tie this bow tie and i was like, like oh let, hallelujah let me help you yeah i it was, thought you were an expert you like totally knew how to do it yeah no i, I totally did because i i, I learned it under pressure and That's so it's really one of those funny. things you never forget then and uh it was just such a crazy coincidence because if that hadn't happened then i would have come in and like i don't even know what we would have done right you had all these bow ties to tie and we would have spent all this time. <laughs> I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't want to betray like any trace of, uh, you know. Oh, I just learned how to tie it. I got this. You know, <laughs> I got it, guys. It's all good. <laughs> uh, what yeah. I found later is that apparently my ninety-year-old uh, grandpa was an expert. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he tie, tied his own. He was waiting at the synagogue ready with his little like red checkered bow tie. <laughs> so yeah, so know that. Uh, learn that you know learn that skill and then you can be uh, very valuable to you. <laughs> that's true yeah um i want to go back and ask you guys one quick thing about your uh ceremony and just your the your structure of your wedding in general because you chose a synagogue for your venue for both the ceremony and reception mm -hmm. temple emmanuel in san francisco and i'm curious about your well, we, we come from fairly similar backgrounds, right? In that we're Russian Jews born in the Soviet Union, immigrating here at some point in the what late 80s, early yeah. 90s, right? Um, so very similar background in the sense that you probably didn't have any real Jewish upbringing when you left the Soviet <laughs> yep. Union. Nope. Came here, maybe had like some sort of Hebrew school or some sort of Not exposure. Either. Yeah. No, really. nothing. Uh, Jewish Community Center for Dance. Okay. And that's about it. Okay. So how did you make the choice then to choose uh, like a synagogue as your venue as a religious you know, ceremony with a rabbi? Like what was that? How was that meaningful for you? So we knew we wanted to have a, a wedding under a chuppah um, just for the Jewish cultural reasons, less so than for like strictly re religious reasons. Also, um, 
funny story, the synagogue is the only venue that allows you to take shots, which was actually a key factor in our dis- decision making. <laughs> for our family, not for us. Well, we also wanted I mean, for to us have, too. Um, uh, it's also actually a very affordable venue. Yeah. So for all those practical reasons, we I chose also... the synagogue. However, sorry, can I finish? Uh, yeah. Um, however, afterwards, after having met with Rabbi about Bauer a couple of times and having spoken to him and I guess the synagogue wants you to go through what is technically I guess like pre-marriage counseling but really just really fun chats with with a rabbi and he's such a cool um like interesting smart guy that af- after that we actually were really happy to get to be getting married there yeah it felt like it felt like a warm welcoming like community feel yeah I felt the same way I mean initially I didn't think about getting married to the synagogue like I was okay with it but it wasn't the first place I would choose and I also wanted to have like you know the traditional Jewish elements a little bit in the wedding but you know I thought we would just get married at like some place like non-religious place yeah but yeah I I felt that the synagogue and and this is like a pretty reformed synagogue they're not you know very uh conservative or anything uh it just felt like really homey And, and yeah Rabbi Barra was awesome I mean like, I wanted to be his friend. He was just such a cool guy, and it was so fun talking to him. And I think it re- he really made our wedding ceremony special and, uh, and unique in a way that I think we wouldn't have had with somebody else. He also made the re- religious aspects really practical and uh, applicable to a modern life, I would say, in the sense that he's like, yes, the Torah says, you know, um, you must talk to your wife or your husband about xyz for you know three days before you can come to whatever this this decision right? which sounds ridiculous like how how many goats can you buy you know within the span of one week and then yeah you know, wait for five days until you can sell sell them to your neighbor and your wife has to say yes within three whatever right but he made it really practical into like how do you talk to each other and deal with really difficult this decisions that come up you know after you're young and thing things are easy right like yeah you deal with as like it's harder and they were really good conversations and forced us to um talk about things that we just never even thought about and it actually brought us closer to yeah and we had some awesome con- con- conversations about things and then after that we felt like okay like we feel like this is a really awesome place to actually do do this thing that we've been like working towards and thinking about and talking about he also had us make a business plan for our life, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. How has that gone? Have you been performing I, I think versus so. forecast? I think so. We haven't had our, our quarterly, you know, meeting we're, yet. We're yeah. I but feel, <laughs> I feel like at worst, we're definitely meet, meeting expectations. I think Pro- so. Probably closer to ex- exceeding. Yeah how i how detailed is this business plan like what is like it like a few pages it's like uh for every like stage that we foresee in our life like what we want to accomplish and where we want to be and the reason he did that is so that when we look back on it over the years and we think if if over the years we decide like we're not happy with something the idea is that we should go back to our plan and say hey are we doing the things that we decided will make us happy uh, but it's not like a static plan it should be revised every year but what's cool is it's not just like i want to be happy okay great like what makes you happy uh spending time with my family and friends makes me happy right okay great like that's a very broad objective having should... three puppies sure <laughs> <laughs> um 
but it's like you know I like to host dinners I want to travel with my friends twice a year and I want to go on hikes or something right like yes those are very concrete things that you could then look back and be like did I do, do this no that's probably why I'm I'm not happy yeah so you had you be like really specific about your lives going forward yeah okay so what are your lives like now and and what's next for you guys so this is our year of fun we decided so this is our year to just do whatever we want with no obligations you know uh because i think after finishing grad school and and the marriage it's like the first time in a while that we haven't had any like responsibilities outside of work which i think has been really nice so we've been traveling we did three weeks in thailand which was awesome we hiked through jungles we like stayed in a (laughs) treehouse we did the beaches we did bangkok it was amazing um we've i think i have three more trips planned for this this year we're doing a pacific northwest road trip yeah we're going to the east, east coast um we're just going to a bunch of concerts like yeah camping hiking stuff with friends stuff stuff with family yeah yeah hosting dinners just like just having fun nice what comes after the year of fun Probably kids, <laughs> which I think will still be fun, but in a different way. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you caught like the deep inhale and exhale that came before. <laughs> like when he said, probably kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be fun after like the first year. I think the first year will be tough. I mean, you're a dad, so you can probably tell us if that's accurate. I think it's it will be all fun and challenging along the way it doesn't really like it gets fun in different ways and challenging in different ways but it doesn't get easy (laughs) okay it gets easy in in the sense easier in the sense that you have your lives now and you have um like a really good sense of your routine and a really good sense of who you are as people and what when you're productive and like when you can accomplish things and like you have your priorities, you know, and then all those things get totally uprooted. You know, at least this was my experience and the experience of at least several people that I've talked to. Everything gets uprooted. You have this kid, um, your, your, your routine goes out the window, your schedule goes out the window, your um, ability to be productive <laughs> goes out the window. Yeah. And then you have to like relearn how to do all that stuff, you know. Oh, wow. I see a vein like starting to, <laughs> no, to pop out. No, I'm okay with it. it. I've come to terms with it. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I'm excited about it. It's just gonna be different. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where uh, when you rebuild yourself, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> then it's then then you can look back on it and feel like it was one of those things that just like made you stronger by going through that process, like forging yourself that way. Um, at least that's, this was the experience that I had because I was really, you know, before we had our son, I was super, um, into my routine, like really into my specific parts of my day, like little things that I knew, like I had to do. And like, like there was just that, there was just a flow to it, you know, and then suddenly it was all gone, you know? And then with a little kid, as soon as you think you've adjusted to one stage, they're like (laughs) the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. Um, so the one thing that gets easier after the first year, maybe year and a half, is that you start to return 
to kind of yourself a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but then the, and then also uh, our kid went to daycare at 15 months. So before he went to daycare, it was really hard. The other part of it too, and this won't be as true for you guys, but I, when I'm not out shooting, I work from my home studio, right? So having a kid in the home and working from home, the line of separation between work and family obligations became very blurred. Right? Yeah. And if the kid was home, it was like, you know, I'd be down here. I would just like get my head into something. And all of a sudden, like, can you come up and help? I can't. I'm co- ah, covered in this and that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, So once he was out of the house for like a predictable amount of time, then went to daycare, like boom, like 830 in the morning, whatever, he's in daycare. 530, I have to leave and pick him up, for example. Then life became, again, much more predictable. And yeah. Much more, uh, so I think that when, um, w- if, if we have a second one, it'll be like, oh, this again, <laughs> <You know? laughs> because then you start that. And I think that's why a lot of people that I, I talk to, at least in my peer group, they're, they're like, we just wanted to have our kids like back to back to, but just like, get it over, you know, get out of that yeah, phase. Yeah, of yeah. Like, I can see that. Yeah. I think uh, the stability is like the, is the important thing, like the routine. Yeah. Yeah. But it is it is amazing. I mean, it's a, it's it's life changing is an understatement, and uh, it's incredible. Just like some of the things that you know, I don't want to spend the this your sure. time talking about my kids, but just to give you one example, uh, I've uh, it, we're at the point now where like we're negotiating all the time with him, right? We did an experiment <laughs> just recently. We had like over President's Day weekend. Uh, his daycare was closed on that Monday. So we're like, well, he's going to be sitting at home anyway. Let's take a road trip. So we went up to Bodega Bay and we decided to conduct an experiment. So let's count the number of times he says no to us just in one day. You know, (laughs) what do you guys think? Guesses? Uh, 200? I was going to say 50, but maybe closer to 200. Yeah, 174. Wow. 174 times. You know, and and some of them, (laughs) it was funny because like we we would crack up laughing because some of them, when you actually start paying attention to it, they come in bursts, you know, like put on your shoes. No, come on, put on your shoes. No, 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 no. (laughs) Standing there with a notepad, like tallying the notes. Oh, that's really funny. And it was an amazing experiment because I realized like, what is the psychological cost to a human being of hearing no that many times in such a story. <laughs> uh, so that that's part of it. And then the other part is like we're negotiating all the time. So you try to get him to put on a piece of clothing and he doesn't want to do it, right? So then you're like, what? Are, have you heard of horse therapy? Mm-mm. I just recently heard about this. Uh, apparently there's such a thing where uh, it's called horse therapy. You go to like a farm and you um, you have a horse and you have to walk this horse from one end of the field to the other, but you're not allowed to like pull it or push it or I think even like physically touch it in any way. You have to like coax the horse or find some way to like find a common language with the horse because they're like really intelligent creatures, but you have to find a common language with it and get it across like from one end of the field to the other. And this is like apparently a thing, like a form of therapy or a form of leadership skill or whatever. Uh, And I feel like this is what I'm doing. Like with my son, I'm leading a horse from one end of the field to the other without, with like two hands tied behind my back. You know, he doesn't like he doesn't want to put on a sweater. 
Like, what do you do? You know, you have to get him out the door to daycare. He, no, he only wants the one with the fire truck, but the fire truck he like spilled eggs on yesterday, and so it's in the you know dirty laundry. Um, <laughs> like, what do you do? And this whole like process of negotiation has been amazing. Like, how do you negotiate with somebody that has nothing to lose? That has not, you know. Uh, <laughs> and after the last several months where we've been doing this type of negotiation with him, all of a sudden the other day, he turns it back on me, and he starts negotiating with me. And it blew my fucking mind, you know, <laughs> like I was wearing, I came, we came in the house and uh, I hadn't, uh, the heater was off all day because I was out of the house and the house was really cold and I had my uh, fleece on and he knows that like when we walk in the door, take off his shoes, take off his uh, coat, hang it on the coat rack, you know, and like go upstairs. So he understands that like he, they're all about routines, right? So he understands the routine. So he is very particular about us doing what he does, right? He understands like we have to play the game. So come in the house undress him send him upstairs but i'm like really cold so i keep my fleece on i go upstairs he goes uh dad in russian i'll translate he goes dad take off the take off the jacket and i said no i'm cold and he goes dad take off your jacket and i said no no i don't want to i'm cold he goes no you're warm (laughs) and i said no i'm cold he goes dad okay so you're gonna take off the jacket and then we're going to go downstairs and then we're going to go outside together and then you're going to put on the jacket and then we're going to walk outside. Deal? <laughs> and, and this is exactly the type of, uh, wow. this is exactly the type of uh, negotiation that I do with him always, right? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to give you the banana. I'm going to put you in the car. Then I'm going to give you the cashews and then we're going to drive to daycare. We're like, no, I want to go to the play area. Okay, listen, the play area is close today, but I'll tell you what, tomorrow we're going to go in the evening out. Deal? And I always say it to him and I always shake his hand to like try to negotiate, like close the deal. <laughs> so he turns it back on me. And like well, that, they're learning, right? They're totally learning. Yeah, like a sponge, just yeah. like absorbing things. You know, and then he goes, uh, just one day randomly he goes dad you know everything I said oh thanks he goes I'm going to give you a chocolate candy and I was like oh thanks he goes but only after dinner <laughs> that's hilarious um, anyway those things you know and my parents like what your friend advised you after the wedding with a spreadsheet mm-hmm. my parents keep telling me the same thing like everything he says like write it down like remember it because it's going to be gone like there's just so many things it's going to like <laughs> It's going to come at you like a fire hose, you know, there's so many things. Um, and it's like my dad was the one that a long time ago told me that one day he decided to count the number of times that I asked why in one day. Or like apparently I asked why like 46 times in four minutes or something like that. And I totally forgot about it until I decided to do the experiment of counting the number of no's. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's probably where I got the idea. So anyway. my mom did, did that with with me i know because she then show, showed me the paper so she wrote down a bunch of like it's like weird ridiculous things that i said as a kid um learning russian in U- ukraine and then when we moved to um, america she wrote again wrote down all the things i would say in russian as i was learning english and starting to for, forget uh, <laughs> russian and then she pub- published it in a local newspaper oh, really? on the title like learning russian unlearning russian um it was actually like oh, that's really, really ridiculous cute. Yeah, that's that's amazing, and I think that's one of the things that has been one of the just like the biggest revelations for me because I think there's maybe a like this this misconception or, or maybe some you know people think okay well I have this kid or I have multiple kids and then they just like eat up all my free time and all my resources and like I'm struggling to 
get my work done. I'm struggling to find like a work-life balance. And like, if you're a creative person, um, I guess all of us are creative in some sense, but like, if, if you're okay, if you're creative, like, you know, here's, I have my personal time to like get inspiration for my projects. Uh, and now that time is gone because the kids have eaten it all up. So like what do I do? <laughs> and the, I started to kind of feel that way a little bit, like when that didn't at first, like very difficult sort of like 15, you know, 12 to 15 month phase. I was, I was definitely feeling that like very sapped, like very drained all the time. Um, but then the revelation was that then your kid starts to inspire stuff in you that you didn't even know was there. You know, oh, that's just, cool. So that, that's, again, that was one of the things that blew my mind. Like one day I woke up and I was like, oh my God, he's like giving me so much information and like so much inspiration and so many, he's making me ask questions and learn things. So anyway, long story short, back to you guys. I think it's going to be amazing if you decide to, to start that journey. Yeah, uh, you definitely. I think the the long inhale and exhale are still warranted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Well, that seems like a really exciting jour- journey that you're on. I think we'll get there. But I think yeah. we, need, we need a little um, Alex Lena time <laughs> before that. That was another high five. I think it's a great place for us to end it. Uh, you guys are uh, amazing. Thank you for taking the time and just like opening up about everything. Uh, it was fun to relive the day a little bit. Yeah. I was just about to say thank you. And it was really fun to think about, about yeah. it again. We yeah. haven't actually talked about it really mm-hmm. since then. So this is really nice. Yeah. Good. To remember all the little special moments and the people. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. Thank you guys. Thanks for joining me on the Sasha Photography Podcast this week. I'm really grateful to Alina and Alex for coming into the studio and being really candid and sharing so much personal stuff about themselves, about their wedding, about their lives since the wedding. And I'm very grateful to them for even indulging me and letting me uh, talk about my kid and uh, a little bit of my life as well. It was a lot of fun. It was a unexpected uh, and very candid conversation. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can go to sashaphoto.com slash podcast, and there you will find photographs from Alina and Alex's wedding, some of the things that we talked about, including photos from our creative shoot, uh, the photographs from their first dance, and also you will find a photo of them here in the studio behind the microphone. So check it out and um, see you next week.